In an overcrowded graveyard, the scream will rise. The Ghoulmates presents Not Another Spooky Podcast. Hey, Ghoulsters! Welcome back to Not Another Spooky Podcast, where I'm your ghost hostess, Mandy Spooks, and you, my listeners and community, are the co host. On this show, we fan ghoul over spooky pop culture and learn from it too. If you have always loved Halloween, horror, true crime, ghosts, or basically anything spooky, then you have found your spooky oasis. I'm going to keep it super real with you and just be honest this week. I have not been feeling 100% lately. It appears the Halloween content creator burnout has caught up to me, despite how many steps I have taken to try not to let that happen again this year. But the reason I share this is because so often we get caught up with what's happening on our feed instead of what's happening in real life. When I started this show, I promised to be true to myself and keep it real with you guys, and that's what I'm doing today. Consider this week a little self-scare week for Mandy Spooks so that I can be sure I bring you guys a spooktacular Halloween episode next week that you're not going to want to miss. So this week, I'm grave digging into the TGM vault to bring you my absolutely favorite episode I have ever recorded with you guys. I mean, truly, this episode will give you all the Halloween vibes. We've got a hilarious... I mean, like, super funny Halloween candy tasting segment, Disney Halloween history, and spooky stories. But before we get into the nostalgic TGM fun, I thought we could share a cup of brew and talk about how we're keeping the spook alive. All right, Ghoulsters, I did it. I have been saying this for weeks, but this weekend I went AWOL a mid-October. Yes, Mandy Spooks went into full Spookmas mode. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yes, I put my Spookmas tree up because, like I said, I'm keeping it real from now on. So, yeah, I never get to enjoy Spookmas season. I'm always so tired after hustling through Halloween season that I'm just going through the motions come Spookmas, and it goes so quickly. Like, we have... January through what? Yeah, October. We have January through October to celebrate Halloween season as much as we want. But then Spookmas really can only happen from like November to December before we're back into Halloween mode. So yeah, I went for it. I'm going all in for Spookmas this season. I'm going to enjoy the spookiness of it all. And what I think is so amazing is that my stress and exhaustion just like completely came down immensely after I did that. And I took the day to myself to focus on like what I wanted, despite like anything else going on in the world or in the community or even what Master was saying, because he was like, are you sure it's not too early? I was like, I deserve this. It was like the scene in Beetlejuice where the mom is like, if you do not let me decorate this house or gut out this house, you know the scene, you know what I'm talking about. And now I got to Google the line. If you do not let me gut out this house. Yes, there it is. Where is it? If you do not let me put up this spookmas tree, I will go insane and I will take you with me. <laughs> that was me with Master. And it worked. He kept asking me, like, do you feel better yet? Like at the very beginning. And then about halfway through, I put on Nightmare Before Christmas and I just like got into the zone of decorating and it just like magically happened. My stress decreased and suddenly I was in Halloween town and I was also thinking about Long Live the Pumpkin Queen because as you all know, I read the book recently. And so just like everything just like kind of came together and I felt so zen in the moment. So I just really wanted to share that. Like if you guys have something that you really want to do, you don't feel like you should like just do it. Do it for yourself. Self-care is so important. We don't prioritize it enough. Um, And yeah, I'm just really happy I did that. And I am very happy that I'm continuing to do that this week because I'm already so excited to start working on future, future episodes for you guys. And this will really allow me the time to do that. So I hope you guys are putting self scare first this spooky season too, because I know it gets so hard to stop in the middle of our busiest time of the year because we know that our time is limited, but it really is so important. Like take one day to do something for yourselves, no matter what it is. I promise the other spooky stuff will still be there the next day, but just pause for one day and take it all in and have something magical just for yourself. 
That is my Mandy Spooks wisdom of the day. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, we also watched The Curse of Bridge Hollow on Netflix, and it was pretty decent. It had some clever, unique scenes I hadn't seen before in other movies, and Master surprisingly enjoyed it a lot as well. He actually said he would give it four freaking bats, which... I don't know if I agree. I think maybe I'd give it like 3.5. Um, but it is a family Halloween movie. So that's kind of what you're in for. I personally liked Hubie Halloween more, I think. And the Wayne's character um, in this movie, the dad, I was not a fan of him. He really annoyed me, to be honest. So I think that's kind of why I didn't enjoy the movie as much. Uh, but I also saw this on my own because I knew Master wouldn't sit through it. But I saw Monster High on Paramount+. Plus, and I really enjoyed it. I wasn't thinking I would because I didn't like the trailer for it but I very much pleasantly enjoyed at the time uh, my ghoul Sam from Toil and Trouble also watched it with me she's like my guinea pig I'm like watch this is she gonna like it should I recommend it to other ghoulsters <laughs> uh, but she's such a champ because I love that she's just totally living in spooky season with me and going along for the ride um, but yeah it wasn't a phenomenal movie or anything but it was a cute way to relax amid the madness like I've been talking about and watch something cute with so many spooky vibes um, I mean it's honestly like Disney Channel vibes she did tell me she wasn't expecting it to be a musical it wasn't like heavy on the musical elements in my opinion but it was in there uh, but I would say I enjoyed this one more than Bridge Hollow um, only because it was more on the girly side it was like more relatable uh, and I loved all the spooky aesthetics, the set pieces, the costumes, just all of it. It's totally my world. Like if Mandy Spooks had her own world, that's how it would be. Uh, so I would give that movie four out of five bats. I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but when you consider like the genre, the target audience, that it was made for streaming, like it was pretty decent. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we've done. I feel like there was something else I wanted to share. Hmm. Oh my God, you guys, I buried the lead. <laughs> if you're following us on Instagram, you already know this, but Master and I dressed up for a Halloween party by Horrid Spirits this weekend. If you are in Denver and you're not already following Horrid Spirits, be sure to check them out because they provide, I mean, they produce really cool alternative horror events all year long that we're pretty much always at. So you'll want to follow them to join us. Anyway, uh, Master and I were Winifred Sanderson and her spellbook, and we won first place in the costume contest, you guys, which was honestly super unexpected because there were some pretty decent costumes. Uh, but yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice way to kind of like, I don't know, in like enjoy spooky season, uh, like off of social media, um, because. I know this is one of Rudy's favorite things about Halloween is costumes. And he spent like an entire day, you know, putting together the spellbook costume. And in the past, we would have like been hustling to like create content out of it, too. But we just like enjoyed it for what it was. And we had so much fun, like interacting with people in the community and them seeing our costumes. I had no idea how popular our costumes would be like. And I also didn't know to like any magnitude how commanding Winifred's costume would be I used to think Mandy Spooks was empowering but I had no idea how magical and freaking empowering being Winifred Sanderson was like I know it sounds silly but I'm serious like people talked to me so much that day I was a little overwhelmed, uh, but if you guys ever want to feel powerful, you have to try dressing up as Winifred one year. And of course, Master did a phenomenal job on the spell book. So if you haven't already seen it, just check it out on Instagram. Even if you're not an Instagram person, like you're going to want to see it because I think it was pretty iconic. And I'm super proud to say that we are number one Halloween costume contest winners undefeated so far. So, yeah. We're excited to keep dressing up and I don't know, I'm I'm just excited, honestly. I thought that that was really cool and unexpected for us. Uh, let's see how ghoulsters are keeping the spook alive this week. So Fallen Halloween said, getting all my Halloween decor, costume and candy ready for trunk or treat, end quote. Yeah, this week is kind of like the, I guess like the last madness of it all, like prepping for actual Halloween week because can't believe Halloween lands on a Monday it's gonna be so lame um so I imagine everyone's getting ready to go hard next weekend there she glows again said we're going to a pumpkin glow trail thousands of lit jack-o-lanterns and some food trucks end quote 
Oh my gosh, just have so much fun. We went to Magic of the Jack-O-Lanterns, like I mentioned, and it was probably one of my favorite Halloween events so far. So I hope that your event is as fun as ours was. Happy Haunts AZ said, taking walks to look at all the neighborhood haunts, end quote. Oh, that is so cute. I know Master and I wanted to do that in Denver too at some point. So I think I might see if we have some time to do that. Huh. Tomorrow might be a good time to do that, actually. I will have to see if he's down. Okay. Lalik said, I just shopped for our costumes, LOL, Winnie and Billy, end quote. Oh my gosh, you're going to be Winifred too. Guys, I just thought of this. What if next year, don't hold me again, don't hold it against me because it's probably a lot of planning, but it would be so cool if we did like a Ghoulster virtual costume um, like theme where we all decide we're going to dress up as Winifred Sanderson, for example, and everyone submits their photos by like a certain day. And then I can post a carousel of ghoulsters all wearing that same costume. Oh my God. I feel like that would be so cool. Let me know if you guys would be down. Cause I think, yeah, I love it. Already planning for next Halloween. Okay. Ghoul with a curl said, she's like me. She's got her plans down. Friday, haunted hayride. Saturday, Halloween party. Sunday, haunted cocktails, end quote. Yes. Do you have a calendar too? Okay, guys, no joke. This season, I went hard. Like, I had an actual calendar note that had, like, every single date in October listed. Because if not, like, I'll be running around with my head cut off. Like, even though I do that anyway, imagine how I would be if I didn't plan. And like every single day that I had plans, like I filled that in and I had to do that like way in early, probably mid to late September to make sure I could squeeze everything in. And trust me, like pro tip, you want to do the things earlier in the month because the later in the month it gets, like the more packed it gets with tourists and it's just horrible. Um, so yeah, I love that she has it down. I'm sure she has a calendar too. And Daniela Gaiman Photography said, eating Halloween candy while I work, <laughs> end quote. I love that one. I think that's like one of the one of the perks of working from home for me, at least, is that I'm not tempted constantly by all of the treats everyone bringing in. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty fun. It feels like everyone is living in the moment, finalizing plans to get ready for the most magical, spectacular weekend ever. So I'm really excited to see what everyone does next week and live vicariously through all of you, seeing you guys share it on social. And don't forget, you can always share it on the Discord server. The link is in the show notes. Um, I love to see you guys connect and I love hearing that you guys have built friendships out of there. So keep it going. Remember, you guys are there to keep the spook alive all year, not just through spooky season. So I can't wait to keep that going. If you want to keep up with how we're keeping the spook alive, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Ghoulmates, or you can follow me on my one million different accounts, including Not Another Spooky Podcast, Spookworm Club, or Mandy Spooks. You can pick your poison, as they say. Anyways, uh, I hope you ghoulish mortals are ready. Without further ado, I present to you a very special TGM Vault episode of The Haunted Mansion. Welcome, foolish ghoulsters, to The Haunted Podcast. I am your hostess, your ghost hostess. Is this podcast actually getting spooky? Or is it your imagination? Your carriage is approaching to carry you into the boundless realm of the supernatural. Take your loved ones by the hand, please, and kindly watch your step. And please, no pausing during the show. We spirits are frightfully sensitive. Podcast that keeps the spirit of Halloween alive all year through pop culture and nostalgia. And now it's Love at First Fright with the Ghoulmates. Hi guys, welcome back to the Ghoulmates. This episode needs no introduction, as you have heard today is all about the second inspiration behind the Ghoulmates, the Haunted Mansion. Oh, we didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. The real chills come later. <laughs> Let's dig into some horror trivia. Okay, my ghoulish bride, are you ready? Yes. 
in Night of the Comet, what popular Cindy Lauper song was playing when Reina and Samantha were dancing in the mall? I'm going to go with Girls Just Want to Have Fun. That's a very good guess. And you won. You yes! are the winner. The ghost winner. The ghost hostess with the mostest. Okay. Okay. Who wrote the short story on which the film Children of the Corn was based? Children of the Corn is 80s-ish, I think. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Stephen King? Yes. Boom. We both got lucky <sighs> answers. Booyah. Lucky guesses. Lucky ghouls. What do we got next? Okay, we got some haunted housekeeping. We are so sorry we made a little boo-boo in last week's episode. We will be covering the Monster Squad in our next episode. Spoiler alert, we have a guest joining us, and unfortunately, there was technical difficulties. So if you haven't watched it yet, tune in now because it's going to be a fun and spooky time next week. We just want to give a huge thank you to all of you listening and supporting us. I have to give a little shout out to my ghoul, Kimberly, who always keeps me up to date on all the best shopping spots on Instagram. We are so close to 1,500 followers right now, so it looks like by the time you hear this, we might reach that. Our podcast downloads have also been trickling in, and we are just like, what? Say what? So with that being said, as spooky season is officially here, we are seeing some new people discover us, and we kindly want to ask if you love our show, please write a review on Apple Podcasts, and if you're listening on Spotify, please be sure to hit the follow button, or on any platform, you can hit the follow button. Little gestures like that help us get discovered by more awesome spooky people like you. And for our final haunted housekeeping, we still have some surprises left for you this season, which is why I hope you guys are not too disappointed. I think we are going to say goodbye to Halloween news for the season. We are still sharing major Halloween news on our Instagram at the ghoulmates, and we have some really ghoul stuff planned. Wait, did you hear that? I wonder who that is. Trick or treat. It's just me. I tricked you, but I brought some treats. Oh, yes. All right, guys. In case you don't remember, in season one, we announced what the Halloween 2020 candy is. And one of our awesome listeners said, hey, you guys should do a candy review. Ask and you shall receive. (laughs) (laughs) So I found the exact candies we mentioned in the last episode at the store. At Target, and I was like, hey, this would be great for that request. So Look, it's a delicious request. For for reals. Or should you say ghoulicious? Ghoulicious. Okay, so you get a Reese's Franken Cup. Franken Cup, okay. And I guess let's just start there because that's what came out. I'm okay. gonna be eating one too. So this is now an ASMR for Halloween candy. What makes it a what makes it a Franken Cup? Let me see. Shall I read it? Oh, it's oh, it's green colored creme. Creme. It says creme. <laughs> green colored creme. I was gonna say cream. Okay. Oh, it does a Franken cup make chocolate with green ah, colored creme. Okay. I'm already disappointed. A little bit. I can't open mine. I'm all I'm all butterfingers here. Con ganas with strength, boo. <laughs> Rudy is loving this ASMR thing. He is gonna milk it till it's over. Literally. Oh, oh so 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 milk it's um, it's green on the outside. I was gonna I thought it was gonna be on the inside. Let's take a look. What do you mean? Look. Oh yes, yes. But you have to take the little normal cup wrapper thing off before you can see the yes, green. Yes, true. I'm going to taste it. Ready? Nobody <laughs> wants to hear us chewing. I'm going to pull away while I chew. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It tastes normal, right? It tastes like a normal Reese's, but it's pretty good. Okay, final verdict? Um, Tastes like a Reese's, and Reese's are good, but they're, it's nothing special other than having like a green dipped well, it's not creme. dipped. It's just, it's just a green creme. <laughs> okay. Next, we'll do Kit Kat Witch's Brew. Here's Kit yours. Kat Witch's Brew. Let's take a look. These are the ones that I thought were going to be green tea ones. So it's like a little witch. It's a purple wrapper. 
And she's like really chill. Let's open it up. normal yeah it tastes different for sure but it it's white chocolate but has something else in it marshmallow flavored yes there it is (laughs) marshmallow flavored (laughs) i don't know how i feel about it it's delicious ready here's another bite i like it it's good definitely recommend yeah it's different Mm Mm-hmm. It's worth trying. I think I'm going to have to have another one of those. Um, so when you're eating it, the color is kind of like a greenish white. Mm-hmm. And you can't put your finger on what the, the flavor is. But once you realize it's uh, marshmallow, like it's just weird. Yeah, because it still green. doesn't taste like marshmallow to me. It doesn't. But it tastes, you're right, it tasted more like white chocolate. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, it's just really weird because... Marshmallow is usually not green. So like you're waiting like I don't know, it's weird. I know. I keep telling you I, I thought it was gonna be the green tea right. ones. Oh uh-huh, yeah. Okay, next What's up next. I'm gonna go with these because I'm kind of anticipating I'm not gonna like them. These? Okay. These are <clears throat> Oh shoot. What? I don't know the official name for them. Hold on. Okay. Let me pull up my Instagram story with the Halloween twenty twenty candy announcement. Shameless plug here. Where's the candy corn? Did we bring any candy corn? No, no corn candy in here. Okay. Okay. These are the Hershey's Vampire Kisses, and they are filled with strawberry creme. Strawberry creme. Here is yours. Look at this kiss from my beautiful wife. I gave you a vampire kiss bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm like ready to spit this out because I don't think I'm going to like it. You didn't like it? Mm-mm. Should I not taste it? I have to taste it. That's too sweet. But you know what it tastes like? It's like one of those candies you get from the assortment pack for Valentine's Day. And it's like the bad ones that are left. Yeah. And you're like, I need my chocolate fix, so I'm going to just eat whatever's left. It's like that. Finally. Okay, I saved these because I'm not going to lie. We opened one of these to take a picture before the episode for Instagram. Right. So check out our Instagram at the Ghoulmates. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talked about these on the last podcast in season one, we were like, eh, sounds kind of whatever. And the poll on our Instagram also showed that it was the one people were least excited about. Mm-hmm. So it is the Hershey's Fangs. Fangs. And it's your regular cookies and cream recipe. Hey, say it right. Oh, sorry. Cookies and creme. <laughs> Cookies and creme. But this one's not did spelled I, like that. Did I say creme or crema? <laughs> no, we've been saying creme. Creme. <laughs> okay, let's open this sucker up. Let's see. I thought that the teeth looked better than I expected them to. Mm-hmm. Like they make a cute little photo op. Yeah, um, I agree. I liked how they came out. So I think these are totally cute. If you like cookies and cream, I mean cookies and creme, <laughs> <laughs> Hershey's, then I think these are worth it because they're cute little picture things that you could use your teeth. You can sink your teeth into. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with cookies and cream. It was really good. That was a fun little segment. It was creamy. <laughs> you meant creamy? Creamy? <laughs> creamy? <laughs> Did you hear my accent came out still on you meant? <laughs> yes. Uh, you mean creme? <laughs> it was creme. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Halloween candy this year is creme. Um, three, for, three out of four. We're good. Yeah, I, I think? think so. Yeah, they're pretty good. One of them was just kind of, it tastes like a regular candy. Another one was pretty gross and the other ones were pretty good. Yeah, for sure. I think, what was your favorite one from the four? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I, would, I think it's a toss up between the witch's brew and the fangs, the cookies and cream, because it's like, 
they went the extra mile and made like the mold where it's like the teeth and stuff and it's very Halloween-y. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I would say if you want a candy that tastes different, I recommend the Witch's Brew Kit Kat. But if you want something that's just a Halloween memento, mm-hmm. I guess that you can have fun with and take pictures aside with having your actual Halloween candy, I recommend the Hershey's Cookies and Creme. I agree. <laughs> all right, ghoulsters. Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Please drag your bodies away from the walls and into the dead center of the room. And heed this warning. The spirits will materialize only if you remain quietly seated at all times. So here's a bit of history about the Haunted Mansion. It did not open in 1955 when Disneyland opened and the house was built and vacant from 1963 to 1969. So what happened was Walt Disney was working on the Haunted Mansion, but he had asked the Imagineers to switch their focus to working on the attractions that were going to go to the New York World's Fair. However, when he passed away in 1966, it left the Imagineers confused and not sure where to take the Haunted Mansion now that he had passed away. So what happened was that before Walt Disney passed away, guests had started to get antsy about like, well, what's going to go in that empty house you have there, basically. And he kind of teased them and told them like, we're waiting to collect ghosts for the things and there's going to be creaky doors and creaky floors. And so he kind of just started kind of hyping the mansion up even before the mansion was actually ready. Very good marketing. Yes. Okay. Perfect perfect comment Rudy so when I was talking to Oscar about this I told him so was Walt just making that up like knowing that the Haunted Mansion was going to be the ride and so he was already building hype for it or did he not know so he was just like oh we're doing ghosts for it or whatever Mm -hmm. and so Oscar was like no it was planned because a Walt is a genius and b that's kind of just how Disney works it's part of their magic like they never get out of the story magic, I guess. Right. So even if like Peter Pan's flight is down, right. they'll say that they ran out of pixie dust. Right. So that's kind of, he always started the marketing for it since right. the beginning. I think also from what I've uh, researched too, a lot of their research and development happened during the World's Fair because they would build a lot of things for the World's Fair and test it out with audiences. Okay. And then they would implement the technology they built to make sure it worked. Mm-hmm. And then they would, Put it in the rides at Disney. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So I'm pretty sure during the World's Fair, he was like trying out different things. And then they use whatever worked at the World's Fair, like in the technology for uh, the Haunted Mansion. Do you have any insight as to what the World's Fair is? Uh, The World's Fair, it was kind of like, I don't know if they have it anymore. I don't think they do. But it was like this conference where people around the globe would come to New York and see technologies from around the world. And they would just talk about, it was kind of almost like a Ted talks almost. And you would see like the, uh, like presentations about the future of like economic development or like solar energy or just different experiments and stuff. Okay. But I don't think they have it anymore. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Okay. But yeah, I it, just needed some context because I wasn't sure what it was. Yeah, it, it used to be really cool. I know that um, I think Epcot Center got its start there because uh, they, they did a lot of uh, presentations at Ep- or at the World's Fair for for Epcot. Oh, cool. OK, so since so many Imagineers worked on the ride, there are various versions of the story behind the Haunted Mansion, like I guess the story of you writing it. So here's one our familiar chose to break down for you guys. So the story of the Haunted Mansion ride is that you are the 1,000th ghost. You enter the mansion and make your way through the rooms. Madame Leota conjures the ghosts and you see them in the ballroom. You encounter the murderous bride in the attic and she pushes you out the attic window. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You fall to your death and appear in the graveyard. The gravekeeper is shaking when he sees you, a ghost. All the ghosts are celebrating your death. You exit the ride with Madame Leota saying to bring your death certificate back if you want to retire at the haunted mansion with all the other ghosts. So it's kind of like going on a vacation 
where you die and you're and they're trying to sell you a timeshare. Yes. <laughs> oh no, Rudy just debunked the haunted mansion. No, no cuz you're a ghost but the 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 ghosts at the haunted mansion are like, "Hey, you should buy some room here at this haunted mansion in Disney." With a death certificate. The death certificate. <laughs> okay. I now I have thoughts about a later part of the episode, so we're going to circle back to this. Okay. So, I want to talk about how the haunted mansion became a staple at each Disney park, but first I want to let Rudy our master of ceremonies for a reason, talk about how it was made and how all the spooky things are brought to life. Hello, ghoulsters. Welcome to my part of the ride. Um, so I wanted to break down a little bit of what technology was used in creating the Haunted Mansion. The two main creators of the Haunted Mansion were Yale Gracie and Raleigh Crump. Uh, Yale Gracie was a uh, amateur artist and animator for the Pinocchio cartoon and Fantasia. Uh, I think he did a lot of the like bigger animations when it came to like bigger set pieces. And Raleigh Crump, which is he's still alive. He's like in his 90s. It's pretty crazy. Um, he was an animator on Peter Pan and Lady and the Tramp. So those two guys were the main focus of putting together the, the ride. Um, they both kind of, you know, work together, uh, to create the technology because most of the stuff that they, most of the stuff in Haunted Mansion had never been done before. Right. They had to make up the technology to make these things come to life. Before they made the ride, they made, they mocked up a full, like a smaller model and you could go through the ride to see like how it would play out. They even had like the sliding elevator. Oh. So, and it was pretty cool. Um, and then they had like different presentations where they had the different technologies that they would use. So they tested all these things out beforehand. Um, some notable effects are the stretching room. Um, the room is actually not stretching. It's actually an elevator that takes you from the main part of the building down into where the ride is supposed to start. That's interesting to me because I thought it was like, a. Almost like when you have like a screen and you just make it move. Right. Like the frames are moving, if that makes sense. Yeah, the frames are not moving. It's just the lower half of the, the elevator that's moving. Interesting. But, but the reason why they did that is because they want the ride to start from the bottom and then work its way all the way back up. Okay. Yeah, no, it makes sense now, but I would have always thought that it was like a, a screen moving the frame oh, for yeah. you. Um, what else? Um, there's also a really cool trick that... I've seen done in other Halloween like haunted houses mm -hmm. and it's the haunted busts that follow you with their eyes. Oh yeah. Um, so with that technology, it looks like three dimensional and like the whole head is kind of turning and moving. Right. But the trick is that the, there's no actual sculpture. It's actually inverted. So it's like a, a cast molding of the person's face or the character's face. Okay. But it's going inside and they light it inside. So the shadows are going inside the cavity of this special effect. Uh-huh. So when you're moving it, um, you're, there's like this parallax effect that you get from because we live in a three-dimensional space. And it gives you the illusion that it's like a three-dimensional bust. Interesting. That's following you. It's, it's a cool like illusion that kind of has existed since like magic has been invented. So it's like, there's a lot of like a lot of, there's a lot of old school magic tricks at play here. And that's why they, you know, work so well. Cause they're like, they've been around since forever. Right. Um, so this one is actually pretty cool. Um, the haunted mansion and Disney are credited for the first, um, projection mapping technology um you see that with uh madame leota's head and i think some of the busts when you're going at towards the end of the ride they're projecting a mapped face to these characters if you if you've ever been on social media or actually disney does it now um if you go to disney now they have like these laser shows they project like um, walls and windows and stuff and they animate. Do you remember when we went to Disneyland yes. and did that? Uh -huh. Well, that's the same thing. That's the projection technology, but that is a digital laser technology. So it's sharper. 
Uh, okay. But Disney is still credited for being the first company to develop that technology. So it went full circle. That's awesome. But yeah, um, the most famous projection mapping is Madame Leota. Madame Leota. There is so much history behind that spooky girl. Uh, so for sure, <laughs> she is a icon, and there's much reason for it. So the lady behind Madame Leota was actually one of the very original Imagineers from Disney, and her name was Leota Toombs. The creators of the ride thought that her high cheekbones made like the perfect spooky look they needed for the seance scene. So they used her face to make a face cast and then used a video projection, like Rudy said, inside the crystal ball. And then she also went on to voice the mini Leota at the end that tells guests to hurry back. And so a cool little thing about this that I like is that it kind of goes full circle in her family because her daughter later ended up being the model for the haunted mansion holiday seance scene so her daughter kim irvine is also an imagineer now and she reprised the role for the haunted mansion holiday and they redo the scene as the 13 days of christmas that is so cool i know imagine being like a legacy pretty much in disney Mm -hmm. and something that i really love about this story is that Oh, I'm going to get emotional because I always have feelings. Uh, the daughter talks about how like when she goes on the ride with her kids mm-hmm. or when they were little, she would tell them like, oh, that's grandma. She's watching oh, over yeah, you. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. And then she also mentions how like sometimes when she's like leaving work or just in the ride alone, she'll hear her mom saying like, hurry back. Right. And it makes her feel like she still gets to have her mom that's with her so every cool. day. That's awesome. So one other facet that was really interesting about um, doing all this research was how they made the animatronics come to life. Cause back then, you know, they only had like, um, they like a lot of this technology wasn't made yet. Um, so I know that they borrowed from the Abraham Lincoln, um, experience. Right. They used a lot of that technology to do like pirates of the Caribbean and the ghosts from haunted mansion. Mm hmm. And what they used was this technology called the scalloped edge discs. And it was kind of similar to like a record player. If you, if you think about it, a record player has these little grooves and the needle goes through it Uh and it vibrates and it sends that information through the speaker and it makes a sound, right? Well, this is kind of the same idea. They had like these discs that they had, they etched or cut like these different patterns Mm -hmm. and then it would rotate on like a, like a platter. And and that platter, it also had like this little um, sensor, which would push these hydraulics and it would, you know, depending on like where that groove was, it told you like how much pressure to put to make the arm go higher or lower. Ah. So then they would have multiple discs with multiple platters and each disc had like a different move for like the right arm, the left arm, if there was a leg, a head, a mouth. So you had like. It's all stacked and they're all going at the same time doing like the same like expression over and over and over. So I thought that was crazy that they developed that. That is crazy. (laughs) Um, And I'm pretty sure now it's all digital too, just to keep up with the times Mm -hmm. and just like make it a lot better. But yeah, it's crazy that they just came out with that idea. Um, Another popular illusion that was used in the ride was the Pepper's Ghost Illusion. And the way it works is that you have like a material like um, glass or some kind of translucent material that you put in front of the audience and then you bounce back an image from a dark area. So it would be above. So uh, if you if you see glass, um, it's reflective all the time. But if you have it in a dark area, you're not going to see anything. But if you illuminate something in the dark, but only that little thing that's um that you want to uh, see it's going to bounce that light back into the mirror and it's going to you're going to be able to see it um a really good example is um like uh the closest thing i can think of is um like the tupac illusion that um happened at coachella i think it was in 2012 and what they did is during the performance at coachella i think it was for um Dr. Dre, 
they shot up like this material that went over the stage, but you couldn't see, you could see through it. And they shot up like a projection on top of it. So like, it looked like Tupac was playing on stage. Oh, okay. I get it. It's kind of almost like um, a teleprompter. So in a teleprompter, you have this mirror that goes across the lens and Mm -hmm. then you have like the screen below it and it shoots up the letters so you can see on the glass, but then you won't see the lens. Oh, so it's, okay. it's that kind of illusion. That's what it basically is. But they have like this, that ballroom scene where it's like this huge thing. Well, when you're looking down on it, but it's like a huge piece of glass that they're, um, you know, protecting the whole ballroom, mm-hmm. but the action of the ghosts are above you. So That's they're even so cool. higher, but it's all dark and they're just illuminating the ghosts. So it reflects onto the scene, but it's crazy because you have to be so precise for it to work. Cause they're like, some of the ghosts are sitting down at a table. Some are like one is playing the organ. Others are like dancing. So it's just crazy how I don't, I don't even know how long it took them to like fine tune that, but it's like pretty crazy. Well, and then my question too, is like, does the angle you're watching from also affect it? Cause I'm sure that kind of put yeah. into how difficult it was too. So what I think they would have to do is like, it's not like a straight on shot. They would have to move the, animatronic dolls at a certain angle Mm -hmm. for it to work or even like have them like big and then small at some points just to like fix that warp from when the right is moving Yeah, from when the right is moving so yeah that's one of the craziest things that they it's and that that illusion has existed too like i said magicians have been using it forever right but they just used it in a larger scale for sure Do you want to hear a fun fact about the glass that you're talking about? Yes, I do. Did you know that it has a bullet hole? Really? How did it get a bullet hole? Nobody really knows, but there's an urban legend that a guest brought a gun and shot the glass. And supposedly they can't replace it without tearing the roof off. You know what's crazy about that? It's crazy that it hasn't shattered over time with all like the animatronics running and then like the track rumbling. That's true. Like how does it not crack? I bet you they have to do like major cosmetics to it like every year. Probably. Oh, and actually it probably happens when they are switching the ride out for the holiday. Right. right yeah. So for those of you who don't know, just a very small background. Uh, when Halloween time at Disneyland happens, that's pretty much when the Haunted Mansion holiday transformation happens. So you can ride the Nightmare Before Christmas version from Halloween time through the new year. And the ride usually closes down for two weeks prior and after so that they can change it out. And one of my favorite things about that is when you're in line, you can meet Jack and Sally. That's cool. I was a quick little story here. When I did Nightmare Before Christmas the first time, the Haunted Mansion holiday, I had never met a character before. (laughs) And I was like fangirling over Sally. Uh I don't remember if I told this story before. Probably. But she was like so pretty. <laughs> so was it like, was she wearing a, a mask or was it like an actual girl? It's just... an actual girl wearing oh, okay. like all the makeup and the wig. Interesting. And she was very flirty. She was like, I like your necklace. I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I got so nervous. I was like, this is so cool. She's so pretty. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's a cool little thing you can do during the holidays is you can do Haunted Mansion Holiday and meet Jack and Sally. Uh, And then another cool thing about last little thing about Haunted Mansion Holiday is that the ballroom scene has a gingerbread house scent to it. So you can smell gingerbread as your buggy goes through the ballroom scene. Ooh, that sounds delicious. I know, right? So what happened after this amazing Haunted Mansion ride was created? Well, it was so amazing that they went on to do it at every Disney park. Mm, Yeah, it's a staple. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So... The first one to open after the original was, of course, at Disney World, and it was open two years after in 1971. You want to give a little bit more about that? Because I know you had some notes about it. Yeah. So um, when they were building the original Haunted Mansion, they they knew that they were going to have it at um, the Orlando uh, theme park for Disney World. Mm -hmm. So they created a duplicate of the ride, not the exterior, because the exterior was going to be different. 
but they created a duplicate of the ride. So once Haunted Mansion in California was done, they shipped out the second ride straight to Orlando so they can have a Haunted Mansion in Orlando. Yes. So the Haunted Mansion in Disney World has a different exterior. It looks more like a manor. The building looks like it's made of bricks and there's a greenhouse in the courtyard. The interior is very similar to Disneyland, as Rudy mentioned. And since Disney World has more space, the ride is longer and it's located in a much bigger Liberty Square. So since the ride is longer, there's a few added scenes to it, which are the portrait hallway, the library and the piano room. And then next came the Haunted Mansion in Tokyo Disneyland in 1983. And the exterior looks similar to Disney World and it's located in Fantasyland. And the interior is also very similar to Disney World. But then the real change came in 1992 at Disneyland Paris and we got a name change. Do you know the name change? Phantom Manor. You knew that? Yeah. Oh, Disney fan up in here. Do you know why they call it Phantom Manor and not Haunted Mansion? Why? So when they were building the ride, they realized that in in France or in Paris, um, Haunted Mansion didn't translate um, easily. Oh. So they needed to come up with a name that would translate easily from English to French and then back from French to English. That makes sense. Because when you do Haunted Mansion, it changes. So that's why they... They chose Phantom Manor because when you change it to French and then back to English, it's always going to be Phantom Manor. Interesting. Fun little fact. So it is a spin, obviously, on the Haunted Mansion, and it looks more like a house with a wooden exterior, and it's located in Frontierland. It has a different storyline, though. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. So this one has a different storyline from Haunted Mansion. In this one, a father kills his daughter's suitors to prevent her from being wed. And then similar to Disney World, instead of the hitchhiking ghosts, guests are transported to the Wild West, to the land of lost souls. And then instead of the hitchhiking ghosts, the bride follows you home. Talk about clingy. <laughs> we got a stage clinger. Got a stage five clinger. And then I think this is the last one. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, Hong Kong Disneyland opened the last one. Do you know what that one's called? No, what is it called? Mystic Manor. Oh, that sounds cool. That one's pretty new. So it opened in 2013 and it is the most unique one. It's not a haunted house per se. It looks like a modernized Victorian home. And for those of you who know this by reference, it looks like the Winchester Mystery House in San Diego, California. And then it's located in Mystic Point at the park. And it does not reference ghosts or the deceased. It's more of a story that revolves around a collector of antiques and artifacts. The collector and his monkey companion named Albert find a music box. And then Albert opens the music box and brings the mansion's exhibits to life. So you see paintings, plants, and sculptures. And it's not a typical doom buggy, so I'm going to let our master of ceremonies explain how they do it. Yeah, so in so what I've read, it's a trackless uh, ride, and it's, it's controlled by an electromagnetic uh, track. So kind of like the bullet train that takes people from Tokyo to other parts of the, the Japan. <laughs> um, it like levitates over um, its track. Uh-huh. And it kind of takes you around. And and the cool thing about that is it, it, it'll it change the ride. Mm -hmm. Like it'll change the experience each time because it could be programmed to do different things. Because oh. at the Haunted Mansion, it's on an actual mechanical track. So you can only do one move. Right. But with the magnetic track, you can change it at any time. That's awesome. So, yeah. So here our familiar noted that. Since the, it goes in different directions, it also encourages the guests to ride it multiple times. Yeah, because you get a different experience each time. And before we leave Hong Kong, I wanted to leave this little <laughs> tidbit too. Um, one of the things I, I read about was um, the fact that um, the Haunted Mansion has no ghosts in it. And the reason why that is, is because in Hong Kong and in Chinese culture, they don't believe in ghosts like we do. 
So that's not part of their culture. So ghosts wouldn't really make sense in that ride and in that culture. So they made it about something magical and different. So mm-hmm. like the objects that the collector have has, they're haunted, but they're not haunted by ghosts. It's, it's, it's a cultural thing. Interesting. Kind of like how they changed the name from Haunted Mansion to Phantom, Man- Phantom Manor in Paris. It's a cultural thing. And I think that's cool. I think that's awesome of Disney to understand those things. And, and include adapt. and adapt and include them in, in the cultures. I'm pretty sure Disney Tokyo, they have certain things in the ride that are, you know, lends itself to the culture in that area. Yes, that's a really good point. I'm glad that you brought it up. So since you mentioned it, are you ready to leave Hong Kong? <sighs> yeah, let's go. Okay. Well, we're off to a spooky adventure as usual. Um, so before we move on to Fables from our I feel like we really need to marinate on all of this because we didn't necessarily know all of this history behind the Haunted Mansion before we started the Ghoulmates. And it's obviously another key component to our inspiration and branding. So I feel like we should kind of talk about that the way we did with Beetlejuice. Yeah, I mean, Haunted Mansion, when you go to it and you see all these things play out, especially when you're a kid, it makes you believe like in ghosts, I think when I was a kid, I, I believed that the ghosts were real. Right. And of course, when you get older, you stop believing those things. But you're also you're still in love with the haunted mansion, how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, every time we do something spooky for Halloween or for the goalmates, like I have that, you know, high expectation. Like I need to make this almost haunted mansion-esque. exciting yeah, exciting and whimsical and fun and spooky so every time i do something with lighting or like a costume like you have that song in the back of your head yeah for sure and sometimes i even play it when we're like doing things i'll put that on you know yeah i think for me this episode was like such a great way for us to like um, think about this because when i was creating the intro script and talking to oscar about it i was like I want to get people hyped when they hear this episode. It's not going to be just our normal introduction. And that's kind of why I thought of this word hype, like the way Walt Disney. Here I go again with my obsession with branding and marketing. The fact that he was promoting this ride since before it was even built, he was like, it's going to have ghosts in it. Like he was hyping the ride up. Right. Right. And so every when we started creating the Ghoulmates, I was like, we need to get people hyped the minute they start listening to us. Right. Right. And so the spookiest, cutest thing we could think of that gets people hyped is Haunted Mansion. Right. Like you hear that song, you hear Welcome Foolish Mortals and you're like, it's going down for real. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think for me, that's kind of why I was so drawn to the Haunted Mansion. And I think our ghoulster voice at the beginning of our podcast kind of takes inspiration from the Haunted Mansion. Right. Ghost host. I agree. Um, but then the music was, we wanted something to be more like energetic and upbeat and get people hyped. Right. Uh, so that's kind of where the history of our whole Haunted Mansion theme came from. And if you guys notice, back in the very first episodes, we'll eventually switch it out. The very first draft of our intro was a little different. It said mortals. Right. Well, it welcome did seem, foolish mortals. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then we had adopted the ghoulster term. Um, and then it originally only introduced me. That's Ghost right. Hostess, that's true. Because mm-hmm. Rudy wasn't sure that he wanted to play a forefront part of the podcast, I guess. Yeah, I was, on the forefront. Yeah, I was more of a side character or behind the scenes character. Yeah, he's shy, but didn't he do amazing in this episode? You've come so far, boo. I'm okay. <laughs> so uh, there's just been a lot of evolution. And like, to be honest, since we dropped the mortals part, I've also thought about dropping the foolish part because I don't think you guys are foolish. I get that it's still like a tribute to Haunted Mansion. Right. But I'm also, I'm also like, when we created our Patreon, I was like, we should have a Foolish Ghoulsters one. And then I'm like, I don't want to call them Foolish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there might still be some changes along the way, but I think that's kind of just, we've both loved Haunted Mansion. And I think t- um, our honeymoon 
going on the haunted mansion ride was kind of part of the turning point in our spooky relationship as we've mentioned before so it just means a lot to us and then just i mean the amazing marketing behind it the way walt disney promoted it resonates a lot with me and how i love branding and marketing everything you guys will notice i'm already getting you hyped for surprises Mm -hmm. in october so just a lot of inspiration behind the magic and getting people hyped (laughs) it's going down for real Okay, so as usual, our familiar has not disappointed. Our fables from our familiar is a little different today. To give some background about why there are so many spooky stories about the Haunted Mansion, let's dig into a spooky occurrence that might be at the foundation of it all. I'm not really sure why people continue to do this, but some of you may have heard that a common occurrence for some Haunted Mansion fans is to spread the ashes of their loved ones while on the ride. However, if you really want to honor someone, you probably shouldn't do this as they'll likely end up in a vacuum cleaner. According to a 2018 article by the Wall Street Journal, Disney has several secret codes to notify their custodial team for cleanup. Code V is vomit cleanup. Code U is urine cleanup. Code HEPA is ashes cleanup. HEPA refers to a specialty vacuum that is able to suck up ultra fine particles. Well, that's crazy. I wonder how many times I have to do it like a day. Well, enough for it to have its entire. Code. You think that's what happens when they stop the ride? Yes, we're going to get into that. Oh, okay. So a Disney spokeswoman has come out to say that it is strictly prohibited and unlawful. Guests who attempt to spread ashes will be escorted off the property. Screeners are trained to look out for these in bag checks. Ashes have said to be found in pill bottles and Ziploc bags. If cast members discover ashes have been spread, this will lead to the attraction being shut down. Everyone in line will be told the ride is closed due to technical difficulties. So because of this common occurrence, I kind of think that a lot of people believe there's spirits left from those ashes at the Haunted Mansion. There is for sure spirits if that's happening at the Haunted Mansion. I mean, if ghosts exist, (laughs) there'd be tons of ghosts there. (laughs) Okay, so this week's Fables from Our Familiar is from one of our familiar's very own friends encounter who worked at the Haunted Mansion, and it's about the boy with red eyes. There are many ghosts that are rumored to haunt Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. One of them is a little boy with red eyes. A cast member named Matthew was working the unload position, which is the position at the end of the ride, where guests are escorted out of their doom buggies. In front of the cast members, behind the guests getting out of the doom buggy, are two mirrors. One mirror face forward so that cast members could see behind them, and one mirror is angled to the right to keep an eye on guests exiting the ride. One late night shift around 10 o'clock, when there weren't that many guests anymore, Matthew took a look at the mirror and he saw a little boy with bright red eyes looking back at him sitting in the doom buggy. Um, check please. No, thank you. (laughs) The boy's head was turned back to the left of the buggy looking directly at him. Matthew was startled and worried someone was still in the buggy, so he stopped the ride to prevent the buggy from going back in. He walked back to the doom buggy and nobody was in there. I don't know about you, but if I saw something like that, I'd be running out of that place. Be like, I'm not going to be waiting around for some kid with red eyeballs to come off a ride. I'm like, I'm out of here. Hey, somebody's in there. Some kid's in there. Can you go check it out? And I'm, I'm going to the bathroom. Bye. A while later, Matthew saw him again while working another position. This position required him to keep an eye on guests through CCTV. On a different night, around the same time as his previous encounter, there weren't that many guests on the ride so he was watching a couple go through the ride. He spotted them at the seance room where the guests circled Madame Leota. He then followed them to the ballroom scene, but when he changed cameras, he saw a little boy sitting in between the couple. So this is like an, a real couple? Yes. And they, the, he saw a little boy? With yeah, the, he okay. was watching the couple on the TV because I guess he was bored. And then he saw the little boy appear between the couple. Damien? <laughs> He thought maybe he missed the boy in the previous scene, so he didn't think too much of it. 
He then followed them to the attic, but when he looked at the camera, there was no boy again. He was gone. He followed them all through the ride and the boy never appeared again. Until the boy was right behind him in the security room. Oh my god, boo! That would be so creepy! (laughs) Okay, so there are allegedly multiple encounters from other cast members who have seen the little boy. Our familiar believes this to be true since he saw Matthew's first-hand reactions the night he came home after the first experience. You don't think that maybe, you know, you're in that ride and you heard all these stories and might be your imagination playing with you? I don't know. I I mean, I think so, because I got to listen to some of the interview Oscar did with Matthew. Right. Uh, Yes, that is how serious he takes this, guys. And so he sounded very spooked. And he said that, like, when you're in that ride, obviously it has this spook factor, right? Right. But the longer you stay in there, like working late nights Mm -hmm. and being acquainted with it. Most people, as you've noticed in our show, the more you spend time around spirits, the more normal it starts to feel, right? Right. But he says that he feels like there's a clear presence when you're in there after so many hours. Do you feel that if you were stranded on a desert island and you're by yourself, that you at some point would start to hallucinate and see things? I don't know. Because I think that's happened before. Like when you're in isolation, your mind starts to like imagine these things. But he wasn't in isolation. I know. This but was I, like normal I, non-COVID time. Yeah, I understand that. But I'm saying that if you're in a place for so long and that's your job all the time to be in this spooky area, do you think that your imagination could create this? I mean, yes. <laughs> I'm not. Say- I'm not saying that there isn't a ghost, but I'm saying that. You know, the mind plays tricks on you and he could have seen that. But but the crazy thing is somebody else saw it, too. Yeah. Like there's multiple stories right. about different things and then different people have claimed to see this little boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then maybe it's also one of those things where you've heard there's a little boy. Right. So you see a little boy and you're like, that's the little boy everyone talks about. Exactly. Um, OK, but the show hasn't gone on too long. So. Oscar has sent you a little challenge. He sent me a challenge? Yes. Oh, this is a surprise. We're putting you on the spot, boo. Okay, let's we do this. We have some Disney ghost busting for you to do. <laughs> busting makes me feel good. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure how to do this. I didn't plan it out. You see you. Okay. I er, have the videos over here. Okay. But so you're on the other end. Okay. Uh, let me, uh, let me see. Hold on. Okay, I'll I'll describe to the audience what I see. So, it looks like a cell phone video of four different cameras of the Haunted Mansion. Very shaky. The actual footage from the CCD cameras are pretty, it's pretty bad too. There's a lot of um, artifacts. It's very grainy. Hold on, let me see. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Let me see. Hold on. Let me see. Let me see. I think that was Mickey. Okay. The problem is I don't see. There we go. I think he's showing the wider shot. So to kind of explain to you guys, I think it's like the front of the Haunted Mansion, right? The gate. Yeah, it's the front and the. Yeah, I can't explain that. Hold on. Okay, so shit. okay, I don't know what to say about that. That was pretty <laughs> creepy. Um, I am price. I'm stumped. Um, the okay, so you see like the different angles of the haunted mansion, but it also shows the giant uh, ship that the Disney characters board for Fantasmic. Mm-hmm. So whatever, there's like an image of something walking across the haunted mansion but then it goes into the water i didn't even see that far into it yeah that's the crazier part like as i watch this thing whatever it is i have the zippity doodah song in my head (laughs) (laughs) and it skips i don't know if you notice it it cuts from one spot to another spot like six feet away Uh, well it's going from he's he's tracking it going from one camera to the next 
I, I think know. Rudy is spooked right now. <laughs> I'm stumped. I don't know. Like I'd have to watch it a few more times, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what to say about that. Like that's pretty. That's pretty much like the first thing or the first time I've I've seen something that I couldn't really explain. Mm-hmm. Because it's going from one camera to the next, and it's multiple cameras that is tracking. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you have to trust the person that's shooting this that they didn't make this you know how could they have made it though we live in an age where yeah but think of how old that footage is like you can tell watching it it's not like something new i could go to disneyland with a camera and recreate that here we go (laughs) i'm just saying like i mean you have to believe the person that filmed this didn't doctor that and made that there's been plenty of videos on youtube where they made like ghost videos and then later remember the clown thing Okay. The clown I thing was supposed to be like a real thing and it, it turned out to be an experiment that was made up. Aw, this comment was kind of sweet. Sorry, I got distracted reading the YouTube comments. Okay. And someone wrote, I live in a house with my parents and since four years, my basement got haunted by a neutral and friendly woman. And trust me, this video is 110% real. Here's the cute part. I think it's Walt Disney who still enjoys seeing people happy in his park for him. <laughs> It can be because he's frozen inside the castle. Someone commented, I think it's mostly based off of a different theory from quantum mechanics like string theory and M theory. I don't know what that means. That's what I was telling you about. How um, it's like dimensions clashing into each other. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm going to look at the second video. Maybe it'll shed some light on this last video. It doesn't, but... I don't think you're going to believe this one. Which one is it? It's the next one that under under watch these ghosts caught on video at Disneyland with a guy sitting down in a theater kind of. Okay, hold on. Okay, this guy is it looks like he's in the um Tower of Terror actually. Oh yeah. I think that's what it is. He's just chilling. Uh, I don't see a ghost yet. Oh wait, hold on. There's some arrows pointing at Oh, yeah, that's fake. Debunked. Yeah, that's Photoshop. That's Photoshop. I'm going to debunk that other damn video. There has to be something with it. Look into it. Maybe someone else has already debunked it for you. I don't think it's real. I think it's made up. Possibly. All right, ghoulsters. Before we go, we want to remind you that we could not do this without your amazing and ongoing support. We especially could not do this without our loyal ghoulsters who have joined our Patreon. We need to give a major shout out to our newest patrons, Bernadette, Grace, and Jasmine. Snaps for our new ghoulsters. Thank you, ghoulsters, so much for helping invest in our production. It really helps us go a long way. And also a sweet little reminder on that. If you guys want to see the links to the videos and the pictures and all the ghoulish stuff in our fables, that is also something we share in our Discord server with our ghoulsters. We also recently confirmed we are hosting an exclusive. Exclusive. (laughs) Exclusive. Halloween Zoom party for our patrons. We haven't announced the spooktacular theme yet. But it's going to be pretty awesome if I do say so myself. So if you don't want to miss out on that and all the spooky things we share with our patrons, please head on over to our Patreon to check out all the other awesome perks you get when you become an official ghoulster at patreon.com slash the ghoulmates. Until next time, we are sending you ghouls and kisses. Bye. Bye. <laughs>